Amalek, this whole nature, lives on the inside of you. Amalek, believe it or not, came first. That's mentioned in the book of Genesis. They're talking about how that he came first and was brought into the world. In chapter 36 of the book of Genesis, and it talks about the children of Esau. And you're going down through there, it says about Amalek. And these were the kings before there ever became a king in Israel. So they had kings first. When you and I were born in the world, the flesh came before the spirit. You have Cain and Abel. Cain came before Abel. And then you've also got Esau and Jacob. Esau first and then Jacob. And you have Ishmael and then Isaac. The flesh is first. You had Amalek from Esau before. And they became nations before Israel became a nation. And so they went down into Egypt for 400 years and came out a great nation. And now the battle begins. And there has been this battle going back and forth all these years. Now, the Bible tells in the book of Jeremiah 17 and verse 9 that the heart of man is deceitful and desperately wicked. And who can know it? Well, that's talking about this whole sinful nature. Where does this sinful nature dwell? Inside of you. It's desperate. It's wicked. You cannot truly understand why you do what you do. You don't understand all about this sinful nature. God just simply said, don't trust it. He'll lie to you. He'll deceive you. You may show mercy to Amalek, but Amalek will never show mercy to you. Amalek only has one desire, and that's to do you in, to ruin your life. And he doesn't care how he has to do it. And he'll lie to you and deceive you to ruin your life. That's that old sinful nature that you were born with. And you'll think a thousand times that it's your idea. You thought of this and you thought of that and you did it. And the devil is using old Amalek inside of you to lure you to do anything he wants you to do. Wake up. Don't let Amalek do that to you. And the only way you can defeat Amalek is to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And then you can discern what Amalek's up to and how he works. So that whenever he wants you to do something... You say, not this time. And you can put him down. But this battle is going to go on. And this battle is real. It's as real as when Israel was literally here. And that Amalek was here. And they literally had their battles. And it's going to come. Take your Bible look into Deuteronomy chapter 25. Deuteronomy and chapter 25. Deuteronomy 25. And here it makes a statement in verse 17. Look at verse 17. He says, Remember what Amalek did unto thee, by the way, when you were come forth out of Egypt? And how, get this, this is what Amalek did. As the children of Israel were going through the wilderness, through the desert, how he met thee by the way, smote the hindmost of thee, even all that were feeble behind thee, when thou wast faint and weary, and he feared not God. So you know that Amalek has no fear of God. Your old sinful nature does not fear God. Hates God. This old sinful nature is the nature of the devil. 
That's why he says concerning the flesh, ye are of your father the devil, and the works of your father ye will do. That's why the devil is a liar, the devil is a murderer, the devil is a deceiver, and so are you in the flesh. And you're capable of doing every wicked deed known to man in the flesh. And he says, now, do you remember what Amalek did to you, by the way? Whenever you were coming through, and he would wait, and he would smoke behind those, and lower, he'd always get those who were stragglers. There's safety in numbers. When people come together and they pray for one another, encourage one another, because Amalek is after every one of us. Just like I am Israel, and inside of me I've got this old uh, Amalek, and he's trying to destroy me. So we need to realize that's what Amalek is doing to every other child of God. And every one of us in this room got a little Amalek, a little terrorist living inside of us. An Osama bin Laden, a Saddam Hussein living inside of you. Yeah, I guess you could say a, a little Mike Tyson that just wants to beat you up, take you down. So he says, they that were feeble and behind thee. He said, when thou wast faint and weary. Do you know this same verse is found in the New Testament in the book of Galatians in chapter 6? Faint not. Be not weary in well-doing. For in due season you shall reap if you faint not. It means if you don't quit, don't start being a straggler. You realize that a lot of people that I know over the years... They're strong in the Lord. They go to Sunday school and they go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And then after a while, well, I can't come on Wednesday night. Then they can't come on Sunday night. Then they can't come to Sunday school. They say, now, they're out of all together. Well, I don't know what happened. I do. He's called Amalek. Amalek will defeat you. I've seen Amalek destroy marriages. People have been married for years. Loved each other. And all of a sudden, old Amalek gets stirred up and stir up the other Amalek and the wife and the Amalek and the man, and they go at each other. That's not the new birth. That's the old one that's fighting. The new one don't do that. The new one doesn't want a divorce. That's the flesh that wants that divorce. That's what ruins the children. That's what causes children to become rebellious. Now, people can do whatever they want to do with their life, but remember, behind the scenes, there's an Amalek living inside of you. And the last thing we're supposed to do is try to provoke Amalek. Some men, they learn how to deal with their wives. They know what they like, and they know what they don't like. And then they, on purpose, they do it. Just to irritate. They know what they're doing, but they start a fight over nothing. Like I told you last week, when that woman, she says, honey, Christmas is coming and I want something shiny. I want it to go from zero to 150 in three seconds. And he gets her a bathroom scale. <laughs> and then the war begins. And get what he says. And he feared not God. He is not afraid of God. And in verse 19, Therefore it shall be when the Lord thy God hath given thee rest from all thy enemies round about, and the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance to possess him, that thou shalt blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. Thou shalt not forget it. The day is coming, see, when we finally, when we get to heaven, God says the former things we will remember no more. 
There'll be no more sinful nature. And we won't remember all that this guy has done. Because in heaven, see, all we have there is the new birth. Wherein dwelleth righteousness. Now, that's why God's going to have to wipe away all tears from our eyes because there's going to be a lot of heartache and sorrow when we see all those people that we could have reached. Lives we could have affected. But because while we lived here, we allowed this old Amalek to destroy our lives. Cause us not to study. Because of Amalek, we don't support mission. Because of Amalek, we're not faithful to do what we're supposed to do. Because of Amalek. Oh, you can blame anybody else you want to. It's that old sinful nature you get on the inside of you. Our biggest fear is not communism. It's not the religion of Islam. It's not all of those things. It's not the government. It's not the White House. Your biggest problem is that little Amalek that lives on the inside of you. He's what's going to destroy you. And he's the one going to ruin your life. Ruin your health because he doesn't want you to stay strong and healthy and do the things that's right. Because he doesn't care if your body's a temple of God. He don't care what he has to do as long as he can bring you down. 1 Samuel chapter 15 very quickly. 1 Samuel chapter 15. Remember when they got their first king? They wanted a king. Okay, you got a king. We won't be like everybody else. Okay, now you can be like everybody else. So he told me, he said, now this is what I want you to do, Saul. This is on page 334. Look here in chapter 15. And look there in verse 1. Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts. I remember that which Amalek did to Israel. How he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not. Now that was the order. Spare not. Destroy Amalek. Now later. Remember, you will either whoop him or he's going to whoop you. It ain't going to be a draw. He went. Came back. Samuel came up to him. Saul says, hey, I did what you said. I did everything you said to do. He says, and what meaneth the bleeding of these sheep that I hear in mine ear? He said, although we just, the people wanted those so that we could sacrifice them to the Lord. Start making exceptions to the rule. Bending it just a little bit. They were not that bad. Well, in verse 15 it says, and Saul said, they have brought them from the Amalekite. They, the people did it. Now, he's the king. He's responsible. But he blamed it on the people. For the people spared the best of the sheep and of the young to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God. Isn't that wonderful? Let's all give Jesus a hand. Verse 16. Then Samuel said unto Saul, Stay and I will tell thee what the Lord hath said to me this night. He said unto him, Say on. Samuel says, When you were small in your own eyes, God made you the king of Israel. But now you done got too big for your britches. I'm just kind of paraphrasing just a hair. And it says, you didn't do what you're supposed to do. Verse 20, Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and I have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agag, the king of the Amalekites. Remember that word, Agag. The king of the Amalekites, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. I've got the king here. Look, i got him. i got the king. Samuel says, what's he doing here? You were supposed to kill him. You were not supposed to spare. See, there's people... Who want to serve God their way. Have you ever heard people say, well, look, Yankee, you serve God your way and I'll serve God my way. 
Listen, we serve God God's way or we don't serve God. But he didn't serve God God's way. He had partial obedience. And there's a lot of Christians that I know that are partial in their obedience. They haven't come totally to the place where there's, Lord, whatever you want, I'll do. Whatever you want me to give, I'll do. I want to be obedient to you. Some people have areas of their life that are off limits to God. I'll do this for God and I'll do this for God, but this other, this is my area. There's a price to pay and, buddy, you will pay it. Because Amalek will have no mercy on you. You know the proverbial nose of the camel into the tent? It won't be long before the camel is where? All the way in the tent. Look in verse 23. Rebellion is at the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is the iniquity and idolatry, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath rejected thee from being the king. That doesn't affect his salvation. He said, I want to know what's going to happen to me. He says, Samuel said to him, you're going to be with me. You're going to be with me. And when you die, he's going to die. And die he did. And so in verse 33, And Samuel said, As thy sword hath made women childless, so shall thy mother be childless among women. And Samuel hewed Agag in pieces before the Lord in Gilgal. That's what the godly man did with him. Because you will either slay him or he is going to slay you. And you see, he has desires. He desires the things of the world. He has Sinful desires, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, what you see, and the pride of life, what I can be. And many of God's children, instead of being what God wants them to be, want to be what they want to be. Instead of seeing this world the way God says to see the world from a divine perspective instead of a human perspective, then uh, there's a price to pay for that. And it affects their whole life. It affects all the decisions of their life. Lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. That's what God says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. That's this one over here. And many of God's children are going to waste their life. Oh, you might live 20, 30, 40, 50 years after you trust Christ as your Savior. For nothing. Waste all of it. And never lay up treasure in heaven. Because you lived your life the way Amalek wanted you to live your life. Instead of living your life the way God wanted you to live your life. Now, nobody can make you change. Nobody can make you do anything. You can do whatever you want to do, and everybody knows it. You're going to live as godly as you really want to live. And you're going to live as worldly and as carnally minded as you want to live. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. There are choices that you and I make. And sometimes we make good ones and sometimes we don't. Look there in 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel, real quick. Just turn to your right to 2 Samuel. Saul and Jonathan were dead. David was asked not to participate in this fight. But a messenger came to see him. And when he came to see him, he had some news for him. So look at verse 3. David said unto him, from whence comest thou? And he says unto him, Out of the camp of Israel am I escaped. David said unto him, How went the matter? I pray thee, tell me what happened. He answered that the people are fled from the battle, that many of the people also are fallen and dead, and Saul and Jonathan, his son, are dead also. David said unto the young men that told him, How knowest thou that Saul and Jonathan, his son, is dead? How do you know they're dead? The young man that told him said, As I happened by chance, 
Now listen. As you live your life, you'll always notice that if you don't want to really serve the Lord with all your heart, there's always going to be somebody or something to help you further away from God. But if you want to serve the Lord, there'll always seem like there's somebody or something that'll help you in that direction. But it all depends on what you're looking for. And some people are going to find what they're looking for. If you go through life and you're miserable, good. You're supposed to be. Because peace of mind and joy and happiness belongs to the child of God that will serve him. You want to ruin your life, you can do so. But listen, you not only hurt yourself, but you hurt every person that loves you. Because if people really love somebody, you want the best for them. And you can rip the heart out of some people just because of your sharp tongue and because you don't really care. And you don't care about yourself, you don't care about anybody else or anything. But there ought to be something on the side of you. If you know Christ is your Savior, I'm God's child. I want something better. I want something more for my life. And he says, as I happened by chance, just happened to be there. Well, what was he? He says in verse 8, he said to him, he said, who art thou? He says, I am a what? I'm an Amalekite. What did this Amalekite do? Well, he says here in verse 10, so I stood upon him and slew him. He says, I, I killed him. I, 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 he said, I, I killed Saul. I did it. He thinks he's going to get a reward from David. Well, how did David take this? Verse 13, David said unto the young man that told him, Whence art thou? And he says, I am the son of a stranger and Amalekite. And David said unto him, How wast thou not afraid? But remember, the Amalekites had no fear of God. Remember there in the book of Exodus that we read? The book of Deuteronomy chapter 25 that we read? They had no fear of God. And he said, How come you were not afraid? Now lay your hands against the Lord's anointed. And he called one of the young men and said to him, Go near and fall upon him. And he smote him that he died. That's how David took care of Amalek. And as you read the rest of this, the question keeps coming up. How are the mighty fallen? See there in verse 19? The beauty of Israel is slain upon thy high places. How are the mighty fallen? And you'll see it down there in verse 25. How are the mighty fallen in the midst of battle? I've seen Amalek slay a many of God's people. I've seen many pastors and evangelists and missionaries get slain by Amalek. I've seen them ruin their life, ruin their testimony. And they don't watch what they see with their eyes and hear with their ears. They don't watch where they go and the things that they say and the people that they're around. You say, well, you're too strict. It preserves. Because I, I don't trust this guy. He lives on the inside of me. See, I was going to preach a sermon one time called The Blackbirds. So you can't help it when the blackbirds fly over. But when they stop and build a nest in your hair and lay eggs, you've got to help that. And you may not be able to stop those thoughts that will come into your mind. You don't have to stop them and let them build a nest and hatch. Because as a man think of you, it is so important. Did you know this? In the story of Esther, a queen during the captivity. There was Mordecai, a Jew, and there was Haman. Haman didn't like the Jews, and he hated Mordecai. So he devised a plan 
how he wanted to destroy and annihilate all the Jews. But remember, Amalek always wants to destroy the nation of Israel. Because, you see, they, they represent that first this birth here, the second birth. And so the first is going to always come after it and persecute that which is born of the Spirit. And Haman had the gallows built. He was building them for Mordecai. But the Lord revealed some things to the king and lo and behold, found out it. He was going to honor the man instead of kill the man. When he found out what was going on, Haman was an Agagite. Means he came from Agag. And he was still causing trouble. One almost annihilated the whole nation in captivity. They'd already passed the law. Until the queen goes in and she says, I'm a Jew. And it was all discovered. And so he was hung on his own gallows that he had built for Mordecai. But he was a Amalekite. Now, this follows through the scripture. How long are you and I going to have trouble with this Amalekite? As long as we live in this body. As long as you live in the body, you're going to have trouble with Amalek. And he's after you. He's waiting for you to get weary in well-doing. He's waiting for you to become a straggler. One time I had a problem with a deacon and I trying to figure out how I was going to deal with him. So I told him the story that I had heard from somebody else. That this pastor had a good deacon. But next thing you know, the deacon just stopped being faithful. And he knew he was going to have to go and see him and talk to him. And he didn't want to do it, but he knew he was going to have to. So he went to see him, knocked at the door. and The deacon had the preacher come in. And so they both sat there and from the fireplace and, and it was just spitting you know and they just watched the flames and some hot coals on the part there they didn't say anything to each other they just sat there and stared at the fire so finally the preacher got the poker and he put up there got one of those burning hot coals and he pulled back about two feet away from the others and they just sat there and they just watched it all of a sudden, that hot, glowing red coal started turning a little white, gray, black. He says, Preacher, I get your message. I'll be there Sunday. See, when you get separated from the rest, you get cold, but you don't know it. You're losing your vision, but you don't know it. Why? Because, see, he's a deceiver. He lies to you. You think everything's fine. It's not fine. Your faithfulness to God is more important than anything else you'll ever do in this life. And Amalek wants you to tell you that you don't have to do anymore. Like I said, you either slay him or he's going to slay you. Look up here just a moment. This is you and me and the wall represents sin. Now we all have sin on us. Now God says that he loves us but he hates our sin. And the Bible says because we've all sinned we are all condemned. The payment for sin is death. We have to die. But to go to heaven, we have to be perfect as righteous as God. And we're not perfect. Heaven is, God is, but we're not. Because of sin, see, we can't get in. So God says, I love you, but you can't save yourself. 
It's not by going to church. It's not by trying harder. It's not by quitting any sins. It's not promising God you're going to live better. That has nothing to do with going to heaven. You have to be born again. And there's only one way to do that. You must believe this. Jesus Christ is God's Son. He has no sin. doesn't have to die. He came into the world and took upon flesh. And He loves us, but He hates our sin because our sin separates us from Him. So Christ took the sin, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead, and He said if we would believe that He did this for us, that He would put that payment to our account, and we get to go to heaven on what Christ did. I'm going to heaven whenever I die. Because Christ paid for all of my sins. And if he paid for all of them, there's none left for me to pay for. They've all been paid. All I had to do was believe that he did it for me. That's a gift. That's free. Now that old sinful nature that you have, that old Amalek you got, said, no, no, that's too easy. You've got to do something else. It can't be that easy. Oh, Amalek, he'll lie to you. Take you all you got to do is go to church. See, he'll always lie. Just do the best you can. You're good enough you ain't robbed no bank. You ain't murdered nobody, have you? You're all right. You're fine. No, God says that you're condemned. And you are a sinner. And I'm a sinner. And the whole world is guilty. And that's why we need a Savior. Christ paid for it. Came back from the dead. And if I trust Him as my Savior, He would give me as a free gift everlasting life. And I get to go to heaven on what He did. That's the best news I've ever heard. If I offered you my wallet and you accepted, you'd have a empty wallet. You're learning. But if Christ walked in here and offered you eternal life and you accept it, you would have eternal life. And if it's eternal life, it would last forever. And you'd go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did for you. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, if you've never done it, would you do it right now? Don't you want to go to heaven when you die? If you want to go to heaven, you have to trust Christ. There is no other way. You can't earn eternal life. You, you, you can't do anything to, to get it by your good deeds. So why not right now in the quietness of this moment, just talk to the Lord. See, God knows who you are. He knows where you are. He knows what you're saying. He knows what you're thinking. Just say, Lord, I, I know I'm a sinner. And I believe Christ died on that cross and paid for my sins. And today, right now, I will trust Him as my Savior. And friend, God said if you trust Him right now, He would save you right now and give you eternal life. Would you do that? I pray that you will. And if you will, I'd like to know it. I'm going to ask in just a moment for a raise of hand. Raising your hand does not save you. It just lets me know that what I said made sense to you. And you're saying, Preacher, I, I believe you. I, I know I'm a sinner and I believe Christ died and paid for my sins and I'm going to trust Him right now as my only hope of going to heaven. And I'd like you to pray for me in closing. You've already done it. You don't have to do it again. But if you've never trusted the Lord, would you trust Him right now? Anyone at all? You didn't know Christ is your Savior. Amalek lives inside of you. He wants to ruin your life. He wants to get you separate from the Lord. He wants to get you to walk away from God. He doesn't want you to live a righteous life, a godly life. He doesn't want you to be found faithful. Don't let Him have the victory. Determine your mind today. As a child of God, I want to be as faithful as God wants me to be. To do whatever God wants me to do. And friend, God will give you the strength and the grace that you need to do just that. 